All right, welcome in to episode 14 of the Sam and Gabby Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, here with my co-host, Gabby Mozipo. Welcome in to this Thanksgiving episode. I just want to start by saying a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there, um, and happy Thanksgiving to you, Gabby. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Hey, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, too. I am thankful for our listeners here listening to our podcast every week, or maybe it's their first time here for getting some Thanksgiving advice. So hopefully we'll be able to do that for them here today. But I'm thankful for you as well, uh, being able to share this opportunity experience with you. So I'm excited to have another week of football and excited to get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, I second everything you said there, Gabby. Um, and I think one way that we're going to be able to show, um, get repay some of that and get show our thanks is by doing start sits for you um, an hour before kickoff kickoff on on Sunday. So if you have any questions, tweet at us at SG Fantasy Show, your start sit questions, and we'll help you out. Uh, Like I said, we'll be on there an hour before kickoff. So just one way uh, we'll be showing our thanks a little bit there. And uh, yeah, definitely feel free to give us a follow there on Twitter. um, If you if you feel like if you feel like it, we uh, post lots of update updates on there and information about the show. And like I said, starts it decisions can be answered on there as well um but moving on continuing with our um our thanksgiving theme here it is wednesday when we're recording this episode uh, november 24th so the day before thanksgiving um so we won't spend as much time necessarily on all the thanksgiving games as maybe we usually would on each game uh but we're gonna have all of the Thanksgiving uh, games, like all the news and notes is going to be at the beginning of the episode as usual. And of course uh, the first matchups we'll talk about will be those Thanksgiving games. So if you're looking for information on those games, that'll be at the beginning of the episode. Uh, So just stay tuned. First thing though, we want to mention is just the Thanksgiving games. They start early. Uh, The first games at 9 30 AM Pacific standard time. So whatever time zone you're in, just make sure uh, you have your lineup set by then. And another note is if you have any of those players that are playing in those games, which are going to be any Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, or Saints players, definitely make sure you move those guys out of your flex role into a a position slot. That just will allow you to have more flexibility throughout the rest of the week if there is some sort of news that comes up, um, just in case. Just a safe move, just a smart fantasy move to make. Um, that could give you uh, an advantage if something ever, if something happens to one of your players. Um, so you should do that for any Thursday game, but just because uh, there's so many games, I'd like to mention that. Um, so any of those players, just move them out of your flex. Even if they are your flex, just put them in the positional slot, um, and that'll just give you f- additional uh, lineup flexibility if necessary. Um, but jumping right into the, to the news and notes this week, our first segment, as usual, Alvin Kamara is going to be out this week. He's got an MCL sprain that's uh, kept him out. This is going to be his third week in a row. He'll be out for that. Um, Normally I would say Mark Ingram is going to be the obvious handcuff, but he's actually questionable this week with his own knee injury. He did not practice on Tuesday and uh, today, Wednesday, he was extremely limited in practice. So he's questionable. Like I said, uh, unclear if he'll be playing or not. Um, So keep an eye on that situation. And, uh, 
Yeah. Um, moving on, A.J. Brown, chest injury. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday uh, today. So monitor that situation. Uh, he had some some tests and stuff done earlier in the week, and there was no major injury found. So that's good. So even if he does end up missing this week, um, shouldn't be anything major. Um, but definitely keep an eye on it this week. But it's unclear whether or not he'll play at this point. Um, Aaron Jones, next guy on the list, uh, big name. He's been limited in practice on Wednesday or limited in practice today. Uh, so he's starting to look like he may come back. He has a realistic chance to play um, this week against the Rams. And I'm just wondering, Gabby, if Aaron Jones does play, would you still be interested in playing AJ Dillon as a desperation RB2? How do you feel about that? Depending on my situation and given my lineup, I would consider it for sure. Because given that Aaron Jones is going to come back from injury, given one week, I don't see them pushing him back 100%, especially with A.J. Dillon there. A.J. Dillon was already taking work away from Aaron Jones prior to the injury. So I do see them working him back there pretty slowly. So I would definitely consider A.J. Dillon to be a flex option if Aaron Jones were to return this week, if he was active, but even a desperation RB2 if necessary. Uh, yeah, I see more A.J. Dillon is um... – I would not be playing him in my flex if I could avoid it. He'd only be playing in my running back two slot if I had absolutely no other options at running back. Um, I just think that if – and this is all, of course, if Aaron Jones comes back. If if Aaron Jones does not play this week, A.J. Dillon is an obvious, obvious start. But if Aaron Jones does come back, my biggest fear is mostly just around the Rams' defense. I think they're uh, a good team. Um, and I think that the Von Miller and Aaron Donald led defensive line there could be tough. Uh, and if they're, if, if they're both there, it could be unclear who's going to get the real bulk of the workload and could be limited um, production anyways due to that good uh, defensive line. And I think it could be a game where there's a lot of passing involved, uh, which, of course, the running backs could get some passing work, but um, – they may not see the most work. Uh, it might be might might not be the kind of game where they get the most work. Um, so those are just some things that make me concerned about AJ Dillon if Aaron Jones plays, um, and that's why I'd probably be looking to go in another direction. But he's far from the worst play. I mean, and he could get a touchdown and he'd make you happy. So uh, I would be going away from it if Aaron Jones comes back. But like I said, not the worst play. Uh, moving on to our next guy, though. Uh, Cordero Patterson, he's still got it coming back from his ankle injury. He was limited in practice today. It's a situation you're going to want to monitor throughout the week. Um, seems likely he'll play, uh, but honestly, from what I've been hearing, it seems like it could go either way uh, from stuff that I've been reading in the different reports out there. Uh, I would not be shocked either way. The only thing that I would mention is that if he is, if he is playing, that's a big boost for me in the, in, uh, for Kyle Pitts. I think that Kyle Pitts being the obvious focal point of the offense, he has, he struggled um, to get to be productive. Um, so I think he really is helped out by Cordell Patterson being there and maybe taking a little bit of the attention away um, from the defense. So hopefully Cordell comes back because he's obviously an asset for you uh, just being in your fantasy lineup. And then also uh, a positive in my eyes for Kyle Pitts and just the offense in Atlanta as a whole. Um, 
Moving on to our next guy here. We got Michael Carter. Uh, he got an ankle sprain. He'll be out for two to three weeks. That's unfortunate for you. Uh, we'll be talking about the potential options in New York uh, for the running backs there while Michael Carter will, will be out. But to be honest, uh, there's nothing that is overly interesting there to, um, in my eyes. But like I said, we'll be touching on that in a little bit here as well. Uh, but Michael Carter, ankle sprain, out two to three weeks. Kadarius Tony is our next guy. He's got a thigh injury. He suffered in the in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, of the game uh, against Tampa Bay. He didn't practice today, so this is yet another situation to monitor. Um, it, it, it's going to be unclear whether or not he's going to play. You're just going to have to uh, monitor that situation. The only thing that I think coming out of New York that is uh, really interesting to bring up is just the Jason Garrett firing as well. Uh, Gabby, how do you feel about this affecting the offense, or do you think it affects the offense in any way? I don't think so, just given the fact that I think Jason Garrett was a little bit of a scapegoat here for the Giants. <clears throat> um, The offense with Freddie Kitchens is not going to be able to change a lot. Yes, he's going to be able to try to put a stamp throughout this, um, in the middle of the season, but given the fact that this firing happened so late into the season, there's not a lot of change that you can do in the offense um, just mid-season. So you're going to see a lot of the same stale offense and the players – and the offensive line, I think, is the major issue here for the offense. Not necessarily the play calling, but it wasn't also the best for fantasy. Not really using their best players in space, such as Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Tony. And it also didn't seem like Saquon Barkley was very effective under this regime. So I do think Jason Garrett firing could have a little bit of a boost, but it definitely can't get any worse than previous. What do you think, though, Sam? Uh, I, I honestly echo what you said, or I, I think exactly what you said. I would echo that exactly. Um, especially just, uh, the part where you said it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. So, uh, if anything, it's going to stay the same in my eyes, or like you said, could get a little bit of a boost, but that's just mostly because it's hard to imagine it getting worse. Um, and they have talent there. I actually don't even think that Daniel Jones is the worst quarterback ever, you know, either. So I think he could actually be an okay quarterback. Um, not right now, but with some development. And I think he could uh, put up, help the offense put up some points. I don't know if he'll be consistent. He'll probably still get turnovers. But I don't think that Daniel Jones is the worst. So I think they could put this – this offense could be productive. Um, but like you said, the offensive line is just terrible. So – uh, they have to figure something out there um, as far as the offensive line goes or protection for the quarterback uh, to be able to make any sort of improvements. So uh, moving on, though, Kareem Hunt, he said, and this is a quote from him, I'll see how I feel during the week, but I am definitely thinking I am going to play. So Kareem Hunt, sounds like he'll be back this week. I'm curious, Gabby, are you confident in starting him if he plays? No, I'm not confident. Yep. Given that he's been off of this calf injury for multiple weeks now, and since he's going to be freshly activated, and Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb have been so good in his absence, I think they're going to work him back slowly. There's no need to push him back. They don't necessarily need to rely on him as they would as other running backs in the NFL coming back from injuries do, such as Saquon Barkley, for instance. So 
I do think there's a chance for him to be worked back slowly. So I do I want to avoid playing Kareem Hunt if possible in the first game and see how he performs. And if he looks good, I'll play him the second week. And if he still looks slow, again, I wouldn't mind holding him out the second week as well, given the fact that Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb have been so good in his absence. Again, Gabby, I just have to agree with you on this one as well. Um, I'm definitely not playing Kareem Hunt if I can avoid it. If you have to play him, I could see him getting a touchdown or something um, and being useful for you, but I'm avoiding it if I can. Um, there's definitely better options out there in my mind. I would love to have a week where he's on my bench and see how he, see how he looks before I start putting it back in my lineup. Um, so, yeah, definitely agree. Avoid playing him if possible. And, uh, yeah, like you said, they're really not out anything playing Nick Chubb instead of Kareem Hunt. So there's really no need to rush him back. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely avoiding starting him. Uh, if I can, next guy on the list would be Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's got a, a thigh injury that kept him out of the game last week. Um, he's limited in practice today but it sounds like he'll likely play. So keep an eye on that one. But uh, you, I think you can expect Hollywood Brown to play. And uh, he's definitely, he's definitely uh, someone I would be playing if Lamar Jackson is back this week, which it sounds like he will as well. If Hollywood Brown is to miss though, and Lamar Jackson plays, I think uh, Rashad Bateman is a really interesting play, uh, but you'll have to monitor that situation uh, the rest of this week and see how it goes. Uh, next guy, C.D. Lamb, suffered a concussion in the game, and it really sounded like he was not going to be back uh, this week on Thursday. Uh, but as the week has gone on, it's starting to sound like things are going well with his concussion protocols, and he's progressing well through those. Sounds like he might actually play on Thursday. So uh, that's he's definitely a start if Amari Cooper's still not there, um, which it doesn't sound like he will be. Um, if I'm correct, I think he is confirmed to be out that game. Uh, so he's definitely a start in that circumstance. But if he doesn't play Gabby, who are the who are the people that you think um, might be might be spot starts there without Amari Cooper or and without CD, assuming that they both don't play? Assuming that they don't both don't play, the first guy that I'm looking to play in the Cowboys offense that isn't obviously Zeke or Dalton Schultz is Michael Gallup. Um, he's been pretty consistent here in his return back from the calf injury that took him out here in week two. We saw a pr pretty consistent target sh share, 94% snap share, 10 targets for five receptions and 44 yards. And I only see that increasing if CD's held out here for this game. Another guy to consider here as well is Cedric Wilson, the third the third option for most of the year with Michael Gallup being out, he's going to be reassume his role with Amari Cooper out. And I think there's a chance for him to succeed here as well. One thing to note though, is the Raiders are pretty good against wide receivers. They're top 10 defense against wide outs. So I want to be pretty wary of starting the third string wide receiver, the Cowboys if possible, but I do love Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz this week if C.D. Lamb is out. And if C.D. Lamb is in, I, I, I still would play them, but obviously temper expectations. Yeah, if C.D.'s in, I'm, I'm really trying to avoid Cedric Wilson. Uh, but if C.D. Lamb is out, Cedric Wilson, I think, is an excellent flex option. Um, 
I don't know how high his upside is, but I, he could really get you a very solid week for sure. Um, and maybe get you something pretty, pretty helpful as well. Um, Michael Gallup, I, I agree. He's a play with or without uh, CD lamb. in. so as long as uh, Amari Cooper's out, I think Michael uh, Gallup is going to look good. The question is going to be when Amari Cooper comes back, uh, where's Michael Gallup's uh, value going to land. But uh, for now, I definitely think he's a really solid play. Um, yeah. So moving on, Justin Fields, he suffered an injury, uh, rib injury this week. Uh, he'll be out. Andy Dalton's going to get the start. I don't think that's going to affect the offense too much. Uh, Gabby, do you disagree with that? No, not really. All right. Uh, moving on, Jared Goff, another Thanksgiving uh, player this week. He's got an oblique injury that held him out last week, uh, but he's expected to play this week. And that really only matters for anyone who is considering starting the Bears defense. They're now a little bit uh, slightly less attractive. And it's obviously a good thing for Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift and the, the only two Lions weapons that you might really be considering, I think. So uh, moving on to our next guy, though, Logan Thomas. He's been on IR with a hamstring injury. He is expected to play on Monday, though. I would definitely avoid starting him just because of the, uh, if he doesn't end up playing on Monday, you won't have pivot options. I mean, I guess you could pivot to Ricky Seals-Jones, but uh, I'd be avoiding uh, playing him this week, likely. Uh, but he's got to pick up and monitor. And in a pinch, if you are willing to, to risk Logan Thomas not playing and having to pivot to Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, you could play him because Seattle's uh, in the top 10 for most fantasy points given up to tight ends. So uh, wouldn't be the worst play, especially if he does go. I would expect him to potentially have a solid game. Uh, so definitely not a bad play uh, at the very weak tight end position. But like I said, would be, a, would be dangerous just because he's playing on Monday. Um, moving on to our next guy, though, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he, of course had a finger injury he had to have surgery on it last week and he almost played which was crazy to me did not end up doing so uh jeff wilson played in his stead and would of course be the pivot option if elijah mitchell doesn't go um but elijah mitchell was limited in practice today so it sounds like he will likely be uh be able to play not confirmed yet uh jeff wilson had a little bit of a disappointing game i think he got uh seven or so points in ppr but um, I'm still willing to play him again if if uh, Elijah Mitchell doesn't go. Uh, so Elijah Mitchell, though, if he does play, he would be my best of the rest start of the week at running back. And as a reminder, that's just players that are ne not necessarily um, in the, the consensus top uh, running back two, tight end two, quarterback ones. I'm not in that consensus there. Um, so Elijah Mitchell, and that's just because he's playing Minnesota this week, who gives up uh, at the top 10. They're in the top 10 for most fantasy points, giving up to running backs per game. And uh, four out of the seven weeks that Elijah Mitchell's played, he's got over 10 uh, PPR fantasy points. And in the other three weeks that he didn't get, uh, get 10 points, he averaged 8.2 fantasy points. So he's actually fairly safe. He won't kill you. Um, and I think he has a fairly solid upside. Um, and is an interesting guy that might not be on everybody's radar as a startable player this week coming back from his injury. But um, the fact that he almost played last week makes me a lot more confident in playing him on his first game back. Um, but Gabby, does the finger 
Uh, does the fingering injury make you uh, consider holding back? Yeah, I do think Elijah Mitchell is going to be a solid play, even with the finger injury. That's because I believe Kyle Shanahan, when he has a running back and he believes in him, he sticks to him if he's out there. We saw it with Raheem Mostert. We saw it with guys that previously before that as well. If he has a running back that's out there consistently and has been holding the ball and has been productive for him, he's going to play him and he's going to run him through the ground. That's why he keeps churning through these running backs. So if Elijah Mitchell is out there, he's proven that he's obviously the best running back. And I don't think it's close, especially with the injury to Hasty right now. Um, so I would, I would have Elijah Mitchell as a top 20, 20 to 25 play if he's healthy. Because that means he's healthy enough to hold the ball, and they believe that he won't have any fumbling issues. Yeah, and he's all, he's been pre, uh, consistent already, uh, fantasy wise, even without being a huge uh, pass catcher, uh, which of course you'd like to see him get more of that work. Um, but even without being a huge pass catcher, I mean, uh, he's like I said, he's still consistent, and he won't have to worry about not being able to catch the ball as well uh, with that finger. So. Uh, moving on to our next and final piece of the news and notes, um, not player specific really, but there's reports coming out that Matt Nagy could be fired after this game. And I'm just one, I'm just curious, Gabby, with the trade deadline coming up and uh, with, with the kind of our, our previous podcast on, uh, on Monday uh, talking about maybe like uh, buy low candidates or kind of just the future, what's going to happen the rest of the season and how it's gone so far. I'm curious if Matt Nagy gets fired, do you think that it affects the Bears' fantasy options? I know there's not a whole ton that we'd be worried about, but I'm just wondering, do you think Allen Robinson could potentially regain his value? I personally don't think so. But the guy that I think is a real question is, we've seen that the Bears have some talent at the running back position beyond David Montgomery, but Matt Nagy has always been super loyal to just his starting guy, his one guy, David Montgomery. So I'm curious, do you think that there's any any concern that with Matt Nagy, if he does get fired, do you think David Montgomery could lose some of his role? Do you think he could go to a little bit more of a timeshare like we see uh, more commonly across the league? Is that a concern to you at all? No, I don't think so, just because David Montgomery's proven that he's the most talented running back in that group. And if Matt Nagy is fired, the most likely guy to be hired in a midseason transition like that is going to be a Matt Nagy guy. And they're going to keep the system pretty similar in that regard. So I wouldn't be too worried about that for David Montgomery. But I would be a little excited for Justin Fields if Matt Nagy were to be fired because that would definitely open up the offense a little bit. And like Jason Garrett, I think not – actually like Jason Garrett, unlike Jason Garrett in this instance, I do see a better avenue actually to success with Matt Nagy gone just because there's talent with Justin Fields that hasn't been unlocked with his feet. Justin Fields was arguably the most athletic quarterback coming out of college, even more athletic than Trey Lance. So, and they haven't used his feet to his full capabilities yet. Yes, Justin Fields is a pretty good passer from the pocket, but his feet is what made him an elite quarterback prospect coming out. We, he, so, and they haven't been able to use that to his full capabilities yet. So if Matt Nagy were to be fired, I 
do see an avenue to where they run a little bit more read options, run a little bit more RPOs where Justin Fields can showcase his legs and his capabilities. Yeah, I, uh, I, we've been, we've, maybe we've been spending too much time together, Gab, because I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Um, the biggest point about David Montgomery being uh, that, yes, it's likely to be an interim coach that's hired from the current staff, likely to have a similar view of David Montgomery and likely to have a similar. Uh, offensive philosophy in general there could be some tweaks though like you said um, including Justin Fields getting more work with his legs that's a great point I would only mention that I'm hesitant uh, to get overly excited about that just because I mentioned it in our previous podcast this week but uh, there's just not that many games remaining and it's hard for me to imagine a world where uh, Justin Fields comes out and is consistent enough over a couple of weeks uh, to make me actually want to start him in a playoff matchup uh, before this season's over. But I think dynasty long-term uh, this could be some really interesting uh, few weeks for the, the rookie quarterbacks and Justin Fields in particular, if this is to happen. Uh, yeah. But hopefully he'll be back soon and um, actually be able to be on the field for that as well. I, I almost forgot. He does have that rib injury and uh that'll obviously affect him getting consistent fantasy output to make you confident in him. So, uh, yeah, moving on though, to our next segment here, we got our judging the waiver wire segment per usual. We know that your waiver wires have already run, but we just wanted to give our take on some of the popular guys that might've been on your waiver wire this week. And that's starting with the, um, the top guy, in my opinion, and I think in pretty much everybody's opinion this week, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, just to start off, just to let you know that wide receiver for the Jets, you might not have heard of him because he's a rookie that's playing on a bad team, but he's been great over these last few weeks. Over the last five weeks, he's averaged 18.7 fantasy points a game. That's insanely good, especially for a rookie. Um, and then over the last four weeks, according to Matthew Barry, he has the most fantasy points of any wide receiver in fantasy. And that is insane for a rookie. And so I'm curious, Gabby, that, well, for starters, I don't understand how he's only rostered in 57% of ESPN leagues, but I'm curious what your outlook is going forward, knowing that, I mean, we haven't really seen him much lately with Zach Wilson, but I'm curious with Zach Wilson back, what's the outlook going to be for Elijah Moore over the rest of the season? It's probably not going to be the best receiver in fantasy, but how good do you think he could be? Um, I think this is a, Definitely a sell high opportunity or a sell high candidate in Elijah Moore just because Elijah Moore has been pretty bad with Zach Wilson. Obviously, that was in the early season when they were both rookies getting adapted to the NFL offense. But this success that we've seen with Elijah Moore has been with Joe Flacco and Mike Wett, respectively, two guys that like to dink and dunk and are short intermediate thrower Zach Wilson what what was his trait coming out he had one of the livest arms he likes to throw it downfield very very likes he likes to push it down the field he likes to throw it and his target so far has been Corey Davis in that regard and I, I don't see that changing Corey Davis is finally getting healthy the same time he's getting healthy and I don't see that rapport that they've been building throughout the training camp in the preseason and throughout the beginning of the year to dwindle at any point. So 
obviously I don't see Corey Davis have too much value in terms of overall, but if you needed a flex option, I'd throw one of my throwaway pieces at Corey Davis because there's a chance that he regains that flex value for you here down the stretch of the season. And especially with the Jets, Zach Wilson has the opportunity to push the ball down the field. And we knew early down the season, earlier in the season, he was targeting him at a very high rate. So I would I would be selling the Elijah Moore stock if, or player if I had any personally. Uh, I'm not necessarily selling. I'm really curious where it's going to go. Uh, but I agree that if you can sell him for somebody more, you, you have more confidence in. I agree this would definitely be the time. I do have hesitancy, though, for how much value he actually has out on the actual trade market. Uh, it would depend on your league and who you're trying to trade with, of course. But I, I just wouldn't I wouldn't want to let him go for too little because he has been exceptional and he could be if you need a flex option or if your flex isn't great and you're going into your, into the playoffs, he could, by the time playoffs roll around, he could have, he could be, he could still be putting up big numbers and he could be just the guy you need. So I'm not just selling him off for just anybody. Um, not that, that, not that you were suggesting that Gabby, but I would just be making sure that you're really getting a, a, a true, truly good value uh, for him. If you're going to trade for trade him away. And if not, I'm definitely happy to hold him, excited to hold him. Um, but I just, the thing that, like I mentioned earlier, he's only rostered in 57% of ESPN leagues. And that makes me really hesitant to, on, uh, or not hesitant, hesitant would be the wrong word. It makes me really um, doubtful that he has strong value in the, uh, in, the, in the real world trade market. But I mean, he's been insanely good over the last few weeks. And if you can talk, you can, you could potentially talk somebody in to, becoming an Elijah Moore fan. So uh, definitely a guy you should shop around. That's not a bad idea, but um, I'm interested to see how he, how he does going forward. Uh, won't be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. We, we, I think we agree on that for sure, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he could be, he could be a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one the rest of the season. That would be very surprising to me if he did that, but if he fell into the wide receiver two category, uh, that wouldn't shock me at all. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, though, Gabby? No, not in the Jets' perspective. I just wanted to kind of reiterate the point that I do know Corey Davis doesn't have a lot of value, so I do think this is the time to grab him. I think you can really get him for basically nothing, maybe a guy you didn't even think has value, or even if he might have been dropped in your league. So I would definitely see if he um, – there's an opportunity to go grab him because there's a chance that he could really have a good, solid second half of season here coming off of it. Yeah, and I could I could definitely see Corey Davis being available in your league. So, yeah, definitely check and uh, definitely a good add if you can get him. Uh, moving on to our next guy, though, uh, Darnell Mooney. I feel like we've talked a lot about the Bears recently, but uh, Darnell Mooney, a guy we mentioned a little bit last week, but or not last week in our previous podcast this week, a guy that was really high on going into the season just kind of started that breakout and Allen Robinson is doubtful to play this week. So it's kind of the perfect storm. He's going to be my best of the rest start of the week this week against Detroit for my wide receivers. Darnell Mooney. I've already said it. He has 20 plus points in each of his last two matchups last week. Of course, 23 points against Baltimore. Um, 
he's averaged 12.5 fantasy points a week this this year. So he's been just a solid guy in general. I mean, not a guy that you've necessarily been scrambling to get in your lineup, but a guy that hasn't hurt you at all this season. And he's only scored less than 10, four out of the, the 10 weeks, which for a guy in a terrible offense who's just in his breakout, that's pretty – that's not bad at all. That doesn't deter me. And, uh, yeah, with Allen Robinson being doubtful and likely to play this week, like I said, I expect Darnell Mooney to have a big role. Andy Dalton, I think, is just as good a passer, if not better right now, as Justin Fields. Um, so I'm not deterred by that either. And uh, as we all know, Detroit has not, does not have a good secondary, um, and they can have some points scored on them. So Darnell Mooney should be a really solid flex play for you this week, a uh, solid wide receiver too if Allen Robinson does not go. And even if he does go, solid flex option. Darnell Mooney is – uh, I think Darnell Mooney is probably the number one receiver in Chicago now. Um, but definitely. He's, he's definitely the number one in Chicago now, and he's been the number one for a couple of weeks now, especially with Allen Robinson out from injury and Darnell Mooney his, having his best week of the season. I, I think it's it's for sure now Allen Robinson's not going to return after the season. He was signed off on a franchise tag as well, so – this was kind of his prove it year. He didn't really want to be here. And I don't see there being an opportunity for the Bears to re-sign him to a long-term deal whatsoever, especially after a performance that he has had over the first half of the season. So Darnell Mooney as the number one wide receiver in Chicago for the long term is for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And he is he's a guy who's somehow available in almost half, half of leagues out there. So uh Check your waiver wire, especially if you need a guy this week. Darnell Mooney could definitely be out there. Um, but, yeah, he could also be the kind of guy that if you make a trade with somebody who has him, you could maybe just get him thrown on the end of that deal and maybe get him for really cheap, and he can be an asset for you. So uh, just a guy to know and a guy that I think is going to do great this week. Um, moving on, though, to our my next guy. Um, and this guy's a little bit more controversial, so that's why I say – my, my next guy, I'm not sure if Gabby's even going to agree with me on this one, but Brandon Ayuk, uh, over the last four weeks, he's averaging 14 fantasy points in PPR. Um, he's had one dud week where he got you five points, but he had two great weeks as well where he got you 18 and 21 points respectively. Um, I think he's a really interesting ad, not a guy that I'm necessarily rushing out to go get, but in a, in a, in a, in a week that has really slim waiver wire, he has to make the list. There's just really not other options. And Brandon Ayuk has played well. And uh, a guy that has that home run potential, I think, is definitely a, a guy that you can consider on your roster. Um, there are definitely weeks where that you you want to put that kind of guy on your team. Um, but Gabby, I don't know if you – how are you feeling about Brandon Ayuk? I'm just curious what you think of him in general. Um, I'm – Jimmy Garoppolo has been pretty good as of recently. Really good, yeah. Yeah, and they've been using Debo in the in the running game. So if they continue using Debo in the running game, then I think there's a chance that Brandon Ayuk succeeds. But with Elijah Mitchell returning, I, I don't see Debo having to run the ball so often. So they might have to they will push him back out to wide receiver. And from there, I don't see as much value as an Ayuk because Ayuk at best is the third option in the, in the passing offense and the two guys ahead of them demand a huge target share. It's kind of like Kansas city to that degree 
where Tyree Kill and where the num- wide receiver number two isn't going to be the most consistent guy because Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are going to demand so much of the fantasy points and of the targets and the, of all the production as a whole. And I think that's going to be true here in San Francisco. But the difference between San Francisco and Kansas City, though, is that Kansas City's third guy, you usually take a crapshoot. It might be Bry- Byron Pringle or Nicole Hardman or even there's games where it was Sammy Watkins in the years past. But I think with San Francisco, it's pretty easily now that Brandon Ayuk has solidified that if there's going to be a third guy that explodes, it's going to be him. But the explosion isn't going to be as to the degree as of a Debo Samuel or even a George Kittle. No, I, I totally agree. And I think the only counter I would say to just uh, your argument about Elijah Mitchell um, and how Debo transitions into more of a, get some, getting more carries, less receptions, I think that maybe is true. However, like I said, Brandon Ayuk over the last four weeks is averaging 14 uh, fantasy points. So it's been a little bit longer than Elijah Mitchell's been out. But I hear where you're coming from for sure. I just want to make sure I uh, put that counter in there. But here where you're coming from. And again, Brandon Ayuk is not a guy that I'm rushing out to grab. Uh, but in a week that's really slim pickings on the waiver wire, he's an interesting ad. Uh, moving on to our last few things, though. Uh, just some guys that running the running back position that is really it's a really slim picking sometimes for people especially in deeper leagues Um, these are some guys that i'm definitely not telling you to make room on your roster for unless you need a running back like this week or maybe you're planning you know you're going to miss a guy on by in the next couple next couple weeks um the ravens running backs devonta freeman and latavius murray i think you can pick whichever one you think is the going to be the starter there Devonta Freeman's looked really good recently but Latavius Murray started as the as the starter and then got hurt and Devonta Freeman uh, like I mentioned has been good recently in that role uh, Latavius Murray came back last week and did not impress Devonta Freeman was the the clear lead back there but that was Murray's first week back so I personally kind of lean towards Murray retaking that role this week um, so he's a guy that I'm interested in if I have like, for example, Jonathan Taylor, who has a bye coming up in week 14. Um, you may need to fill in there if you don't have anybody else. So Latavius Murray is a guy who interests me for that because um, I think he's going to regain that starter role. But if you think it's going to be Freeman, which it very well could be, maybe you add him as a speculative ad. Um, and then also not for the future, but for the next two to three weeks uh, with Michael Carter out. The Jets running backs, we talked about it, Michael Carter being out earlier. Uh, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman, I think it's really similar. You take the one that you think is going to be the starter there, um, and you and you can potentially have a guy who's a solid fill-in uh, RB2 if you absolutely need one maybe for a bye, or if you maybe if you have a guy who's hurt um, and you didn't have the handcuff or whatever, and maybe a deep league and you're desperate. Uh, but those, again, are not for either of those teams, not guys that I'm making room for on my roster necessarily. I but unless if, if you have a need at that running back spot, those are people you can consider. Uh, Gabby, do you feel any differently about the, uh, the Ravens or the Jets running back situation? Or is there anything that you wanted to add about those? No, I think that those two running back situations are pretty murky at best. I'm trying to stay away from 
the Jets in particular. I think the Ravens is interesting. Devontae Freeman's been pretty consistent over the last two weeks, but with Latavius, it's going to get a little bit murkier. So, mm. other than that, no. Yeah, agreed. Um, moving on, though, to our next segment here, our main portion of the show. We got our um, our matchups here, and of course, we're going to start with our Thanksgiving matchups. And again, with these ones, we're going to go pretty quick here. Uh, so the Bears versus the Lions, again, 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure you have your lineup set by then. Uh, we already talked about Jared Goff's likely to play, so that's a good boost for TJ Hawkinson. But he was fine last week with Tim Boyle anyways. Um, so you're playing him and you're playing DeAndre Swift. On the Bears side, we talked about Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. Those guys both get in, um, and that's that's it for that offense. Um, moving on to the next game. Uh, or Gabby, before I move on, is there anything you wanted to, to mention in that matchup at all? No. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, Raiders-Cowboys. Uh, we've talked pretty well in depth about the Cowboys matchup. Uh, you're starting Dalton Schultz if you got him. Um, and then the receiving, depending on who's going to be in and out, uh, we've talked about who's going to play for that matchup. Uh, so monitor that situation there and, you know, you know who to play. We've already talked about that. Raiders, Hunter Renfro is, of course, an extremely solid uh, play with not the highest ceiling as as we've talked about before on the show, but a really solid play against the Cowboys defense that's uh, definitely not incredible. Um, Josh Jacobs, I expect it to be a high-scoring game uh, where the Raiders will have to pass, so I personally don't think it's going to be Josh Jacobs' best game, uh, but he should be a low end RB two, anyways. So, could be a desperation guy. I could see him falling out of that running back two though. In a in a game where I expect the Raiders to have to pass to catch up, um, and then Darren uh, Darren Waller, of course, is a is an every week play. But Gabby, uh, I think the only thing to really talk about there is how do you see Josh Jacobs in this matchup? I think Josh Jacobs is definitely going to be an RB two. We know the splits when they're winning and losing. So I think this is going to be a game where they're losing by a little bit. I would be trying to fade him if possible. But given a lot of injuries and what's going on with, at the RB position right now, you might not have a choice. Yeah. So I would definitely temper expectations. But I I wasn't trying to play him in one of my teams. But I probably going to, especially with some of the injuries here to like Alvin Kamara, um, I'm going to have to probably play Josh Jacobs in the league. And I don't really want to, but – I'm excited for my 11 points. I agree. If you're uh, on the fence between between him and somebody else, I'd probably go with the other guy. Um, I mean, of course, that depends on who that is. But, uh, yeah, that's that matchup there. Our next and final Thursday matchup is going to be the Bills and the Saints. Uh, Saints have a sneaky good defense, but I I expect kind of a, a bounce-back game for the Bills. Um, they've been kind of struggling a little bit lately, but – especially especially last week. Um, so I expect them to do a little bit better this week. The Saints, their offense is going to be probably quite pedestrian without Alvin Kamara and just with their quarterback struggles as of late anyways without Jameis Winston. Um, so I would expect a pretty solid game from the Bills. Any options as you are going to be – any of the passing options that you are going to be playing uh, before probably good options this week – um, with the addition of Matt Breida getting more carries 
in the Bills' backfield. I think it's a little bit murky to be playing Singletary, Moss, or Brita as far as the Bills' running backs go. So I'd be avoiding the running backs. I think Moss is still the best option if you had to play one. Um, but, of course, you're playing Stephon Diggs and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, I did, I guess, say that you should be starting – uh, the guys you've been starting, but Emmanuel Sanders, I have to take that back. He, uh, he has not been good for you lately. So I'm definitely actually benching Emmanuel Sanders as well. So I guess uh, now that I talk it out a little bit more, you're just starting Stefan Diggs. You're just starting Dawson Knox and you're just starting Josh Allen. Uh, do you disagree with that Gabby? No, I wouldn't disagree with that. Y'all. I think the Buffalo from a Buffalo standpoint, I think it's, Appreciate for with the big three, and then I'm trying to stay away from the running backs. Agreed, yeah. Um, so, moving on to our Sunday matchups. The first of the early window, Steelers-Bengals. Kind of an interesting game here, a divisional game. Uh, Gabby, talk me through the important stuff here. Some of the important stuff here with uh, the divisional game um, – is that with the Colts and the Steelers, Steelers, Bengals, Gabby. Oh, Steelers, Bengals. Uh, sorry. Steelers, Bengals. Uh, some of the important things here with the Bengals is that Joe Burrow has the passing office as a whole has not really been all that fluid in the last couple of weeks. Jamar Chase, if he doesn't score that touchdown, he's not as productive as you would like him, and T. Higgins had one of his worst performances of the year. Joe Mixon, on the other hand, though, has been producing as we wanted him to produce in 2017, 2018, and 2019. I feel like this is the year that we've been wanting from Joe Mixon over the last three years or so, and he finally is able to produce on a level that – and he hasn't been getting hurt, I think is the big thing. Yes, he missed that one game with injury, but outside of that, he's been pretty consistent. Uh, being a top 10 running back outside of for the entire year. So outside of Joe, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, I'm not really trusting T Higgins or Tyler Boyd right now. And Joe Burrow is, is a sneaky, is a streaming sneaky play here, but I'm trying to stay away from him here, especially given a tough division matchup. I think the Steelers defense knows this Cincinnati team pretty well and especially with division matchups the scoring tends to be a a little bit lower so I'm staying away from Joe Burrow if possible but what do you think about Joe in the passing offense Sam I do I do think these are two teams that are pretty happy to run the ball the entire game Um, the Steelers also are getting some key defensive players back this game so that should help give them a boost defensively Um, so on the Bengals side I definitely agree that this game is a little bit Um, you got to temper your expectations a little bit on the offensive side. Uh, But I will say that I, for the most part, agree with all you said. I would play Joe Burrow as a just outside of the top 10 quarterback. So if you're in a two quarterback league or a a, a probably maybe 12th quarterback, maybe about that. So maybe a 12 man league, Uh, but anything bigger or uh, a two quarterback league, I'm still playing Joe Burrow. Um, he's only had a game or two without a touchdown all season or in the air. So he's been pretty consistent until those games have all come recently. So until recently, he's been pretty consistent. You're of course playing Jamar chase. Um, and then 
T Higgins, I do have a little bit of a higher, higher outlook on. Um, he's had one bad game, one terrible game uh, all year. And that was last week. It's, and I'm just not, I'm just not ready to totally write him off after the one terrible game. He's been disappointing this year. He's been really consistently getting you uh, just super mediocre um, games. You'd hope for a little bit more on occasion, and that's kind of been his problem. Uh, but I expect T. Higgins to be able to get you probably just over 10 this week. That's what I'm expecting from T. Higgins. If you are in a position where that is something that appeals to you, then T. Higgins, I think, is a great start. Um, and I do think he has upside. I do think he has the chance to get a touchdown. Do, do think he has the chance to be the number one receiver for Cincinnati on any given week, um, but I'm definitely not betting on it. And uh, yeah, after, after uh, this week, he's shown he for sure has the ability to bust. But like I said, that was his first week where he busted all year, um, but he has that potential. And especially uh, being in the Cincinnati offense, which is the, uh, I believe the slowest offense in the league. I uh, do think they take the, they take plays, they um, run plays at the slowest rate in the NFL. So um, definitely not an offense that's rushing out there to get a lot of plays in and get a lot of high-powered offensive stuff going. So a little bit more of a ground-and-pound offense there. I do want to add something on the Steelers note. Oh, sorry, Sam, but – No, go ahead. Go ahead. Eric Ebron looking like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks here. I'm definitely firing up Pat Fryermuth. Um, he's been pretty consistent here over the last couple of weeks. And especially with Big Ben, he's been targeting him with injuries to Juju Smith-Schuster and now Eric Ebron. It really seems like it's just going to be Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool out there catching balls with a little bit of Najee Harris as well. So I have Pat Fryermuth as a low-end tight end one this week, and he's in most of my lineups, especially with the buys with to Kelsey. Yeah, I totally agree. I definitely think that's a good call out to mention that Eric Ebron is going to be out. Um, yeah, other than that, I think just just Deontay Johnson and Najee uh, that you're starting on the Steelers side. And then maybe super deep leagues, desperate super deep leagues. You might play Chase Claypool, but uh, you are for sure looking for other options before you do that. Um, he would just be an option just because there's so few receivers in Pittsburgh that are active right now that are good. So um, moving on to our next matchup, though, we got the Panthers and the Dolphins. Uh, Cam Newton's going to be with the, my best of the rest start of the week at quarterback for this matchup. Uh, he may have been picked up in your league, but he's still only rostered in about 50% of the league, so he still qualifies. But he had 26 fantasy points in his first start. And the thing that I think I, is really important about that is he had 10 carries, and that is huge for fantasy. If you have that rushing baseline, that is big for any quarterback, and it also allows you to have um, some high upside. So Cam Newton is a really great roster for the rest of the season. And against a, a defense that's not, not scary in any way in Miami, Cam Newton's a great play this week. And I think it's a boost this week for all the, the receiving options or, or all the fantasy options in Carolina. And I actually think DJ Moore is in line for a potentially awesome week this week against Miami. Of course, you're going to play Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then on Miami or on Miami's side, Carolina has a really good defense. And I would expect Miles Gaskin to not necessarily uh, have his best game just just because it seems like he does it every other week. I know a lot of a lot of people make jokes about how he is so consistently good every other week. 
Um, but Miles Gaskin against a good defense doesn't seem like it'll be his week. Um, he seems to perform against the better or against the worst defenses, and Carolina is certainly not that. So um, Mike Isecki, he's always kind of a lower end tight end, uh, tight end one in my opinion. So you got to fire him up if he's your guy uh, this week. And then Jalen Waddle, I think, is a guy that's been breaking out, and it's a little bit of a tough matchup this week, um, but he has given you no reason to move away from him if you've been playing him, so I think you still fire him up. But, Gabby, is there anything about this matchup um, that you wanted to mention or anything that I said that you wanted to disagree with or anything like that? No, I I do like Jalen Waddle here a little bit. In this matchup, he is playing a tough, a tough opponent here. That they, they rank in the top ten when it comes to passing defense against wide receivers. But I see this matchup as a as it has the potential for a shootout. Um, I think Cam Newton is the real deal for Carolina in terms of its offense, the boost that they need. So they'll be able to move the ball here pretty consistently, especially here on the ground. And I think that's going to force Miami to have to pass the ball more than they want. So I'm still playing Jalen Waddle, uh, Miles Gaskins. It's, it's to your point. He is pretty consistent on these even on these even weeks. Every other week, he's pretty cons- pops off. So um, he wasn't good last week. So I would be I'm down for a good trend. Um, so I would be playing him this week, honestly, and especially with all the running back faults and errors and uh, injuries. Yeah. And I and uh, it's actually the the odd weeks that he's been good. So this is not he had eighteen fantasy points last week against the Jets. So oh yeah, you, yeah, I think you I, yeah you're well, you're one week off. Yeah, you want to you want to not play him this week if you're going based off that trend. Oh then yeah, I'm I'm not playing him because I'm I'm down for a good trend. So <laughs> and he has the Giants in week 13. So he's playing Carolina, a good defense in week 12. He's gonna be terrible. And the Giants, they're terrible against running backs. I think they I'm pretty sure in there in the top five for most points given up. So he's he's uh he's likely no, they're in the top ten for most points given up to running backs, but yeah, he's likely to have a, a good week, a good week at 13 and uh, continue that trend. So that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, continue with what you were saying. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, so I was I was just saying that I would be I'd be trying to stay away from I guess I would with my trend, I would be trying to stay away with Miles Gaston. But all I was trying to say that is outside of Waddle and Jacecki, I'm not really trying to play any Miami players, especially this week. Two is not a play with strong Carolina defense. But on the other side of the ball, we're obviously playing King McCaffrey and Superman Cam. Cam is actually a streamer, low in QB1 with the running, rushing upside. Cam is a fantasy superstar. I was kind of wanted to give have my 30 minute, 30 seconds soapbox spiel on Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton has been a fantasy superstar for over the last seven seven seasons, I would say. Even when people said his arm was shot, they didn't understand that he was the most effective short yardage player in history when it came to rushing touchdowns. So he had the floor. 
Andy was one of the greatest weapons we've ever seen on the offensive side of the ball. So there was going to be a level of fantasy points that he always provided for you on a week-to-week basis, and we're seeing that again. And I kind of just want to talk for this last 15 seconds, and I want to say thank you, Cam. Thank you for what you've done for us over the last 10 years or so. The greatness you've provided, you will continue to provide, because you've definitely – People sleep on you and they think that you're not that great of a quarterback, but they don't take for you the totality. They try to discount you for what you do on the ground. But those yards count too. They count the same. And you, you, sir, you produce in all the ways that many quarterbacks aren't able to produce today. So I'm completely back on the Cam Newton hype train. I I think Sam obviously knows that, but. Yeah, I think everybody can tell, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, I'm picking up Cam Newton. He's in my lineup for the rest of the year. I, I don't think unless I unless I have already have an established quarterback, I don't see there be Cam Newton is the quarterback that you you needed to grab. He's that waiver wire quarterback that we were hoping for throughout the whole year. He because again, I I think I laid it out for you here in my little two minute spiel, but. The rushing upside is obviously there with him, and I, I think the touchdowns is, I continue will continue the show. No, I I totally agree. I love I love your confidence. I'm not as confident as you are, but I am definitely I definitely think that's how it's going to go. I think Cam Newton's going to be a good fantasy asset the rest of the season, especially this week. Um, yeah, so I definitely agree. I love that. Um, I, de- I definitely hear that Cam does listen to this podcast, so I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, I I totally agree that Cam uh, that uh, mobile quarterbacks don't uh, get the credit they necessarily deserve a lot of times, just because people say they just are they're running the ball, they're using their legs more, and they're not getting it done in the pass game. But you're totally right; those yards count the same, and they they actually count for more in fantasy football. So um, we definitely love that. Definitely love that Cam's a running quarterback and has been one of the best fantasy football players of all time and one of the best uh, football players in general, in my opinion, I think he's a, a great player. I wanted to add something real quick there with Cam as well. Cause he obviously, if you guys can tell, is one of my favorite players of all time. That's not only because he's in my fantasy football hall of fame, but he's just an exciting man to watch in general, but yeah. I wanted to highlight something for you here. We would all agree that Cam Newton last year wasn't able to throw the ball as well as we would hope. It looked like his arm was a little bit shot. And in that case, we would deduce that he had a pretty poor season from the quarterback perspective. And looking at it, he still was the quarterback 16 on the year with mediocre weapons in New England, covid which obviously has ravaged the world. I think people just kind of throw that aside. Like, oh, he had COVID. He should just come back from it. And the fact that his shoulder was torn up. The first three weeks, Cam Newton looked explosive. He threw up for over 400 yards, yes, versus the Seahawks defense, but he was still ripping the ball. It, It didn't look, the balls were getting there and they were accurate. It wasn't like they were falling five yards short that we saw later on in the season. So, I think now that he had this time off half of the season to 
really get right physically. And we see it here. He still looks explosive. And Carolina doesn't need him to do much, I think, is the other thing that is really in Cam's favor. And what would you say – I want to ask you a really open question to be tr- completely transparent with the audience. We, have compared, we haven't prepared for this question whatsoever. So I have no idea what Sam's going to say to this answer or to this question. But in your analysis, Sam, who would you say Cam Newton's number one option is? Well, I mean, I think it's – I think he's obviously Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I, I would agree so as well. I, I think – I mean, you could have a case for DJ Moore, but – Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey is the right answer. I was expecting you to say Christian McCaffrey. And as a running back, I mean, we did see Christian McCaffrey score that touchdown a little bit down the field last week. But I would say all in all, Christian McCaffrey's average depth of target is pretty low. Yeah. So I, Cam Newton, we obviously we don't think that he still has the arm strength that he has previously. But my point is, is that his number one option is a short target, is somebody that he's looking to check down the ball to, somebody that we – I think we all, everybody in the NFL world still thinks he's going to be able to make that throw pretty consistently to the five yard out, maybe the yeah. two yard out to the check down. So yeah. Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to get an extra 12 yards. So he's going to get an extra added 90 yards passing, an extra three or four points that he wasn't getting in New England previously. So I just think all in all that that little boost is really going to get him over the edge of guys that have really been disappointing that we thought could be those low end quarterbacks in the beginning of the season, like a Tannehill, maybe like even a Russell Wilson. Now that's been struggling as of recently. I'd rather have Cam Newton over both of those guys right now and rest of season. No, I, I totally agree with everything you've said. And uh, you definitely bring up some really good points that make you more confident with Cam. Um, the only thing I would say is just uh, to touch back on the uh, um, shoulder injury you mentioned. I think that's an injury that's going to linger with him in at least some way throughout the remainder of his career. Um, and there's always the potential for re-aggravation, but it's not something that I'm necessarily overly concerned about. And he does have the gift of having only half a season, which makes you much less concerned about any sort of durability concerns anyways, um, regardless of who he is um, and what his play style is. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not concerned about Cam Newton at all. And I definitely think if you got him, you're happy uh, that you've got a steal off the waiver wire. That's for sure. Uh, but... Moving on to our next matchup here, we got the Giants playing the Eagles, and the Giants, they have an offense that's so bad they fired their offensive coordinator, but you're still firing up Saquon Barkley, Um, and I think that's probably the most interesting question about this, the entire offense there in New York is just, how do we feel about Saquon Barkley, but you're playing Saquon Barkley likely, and you're playing, uh, you're playing Kadarius Toney, but other than that, I'm not, I'm not really interested in anybody else on that offense. Uh, so, Gabby, how are you feeling about Saquon Barkley right now? Where does he kind of rank uh, for you? Saquon Barkley, you still have to start him because the talent is there and he's healthy, so you still have to start him. But I've, I'm pretty worried of him now. If I had any opportunity to trade him, I would have tried to trade him in weeks past. And honestly, at this point, if you've kept Saquon Barkley – for this long of the season, your team is probably not looking all that good. And if you've been able to hold a float with him for this long, I understand keeping him. But because the upside there is it's still there. And your your season is probably tilting on the fact that Saquon Barkley, 
becomes good or becomes a lot better than he has been in seasons past. Unless you hit on somebody like Cordero Patterson or James Conner, who's been producing for you as of recently. But Saquon Barkley, he's all the upside there is gone and all the downside that people were seeing from this beginning of season has really showed, showed itself Monday night. The offensive line looked atrocious, wasn't able to protect Daniel Jones. And that was the most obvious part to the viewer. So in the run blocking Saquon wasn't looking for any holes and yeah, we can blame the the running back for that. And it just kind of looks like, Oh, maybe the, the running back isn't able to really find upfield, but we were, were able to see that offensive line is obviously one of the bottom three offensive lines in the NFL. So I think now Saquon Barkley is, we're going to look at him as a high end RB two for the rest of the season. Um, maybe from week to week, given the matchup, he'll be able to sneak in to an RB one, but I'm not really excited for Saquon rest of the season. Would I trade for him? Potentially, but I don't, I'm not going, I don't think I'm going out of my way to do so. Unless, unless I think I could get myself a good deal. Cause I think there's a, there's a good question because another transparency, I've been talking to an owner of, you know, this guy, obviously the the Saquon Barkley owner in our league like an hour ago. And I just kind of wanted to, poke his interest on Saquon, see how he was feeling. And he kind of, he kind of echoed some of those sentiments I had given earlier about not dropping Saquon because he, his season is kind of dependent on this point on Saquon, but there's, there's an argument to be made that if you need an RB one, but if you need an RB one, at an RB2 value to have upside of an RB1, Saquon is going to be that guy of the week. But I just, I don't see, I don't think that argument holds any validity when you, if you've watched any Giants football games. I think that that's when that argument really falls out of the window. Because from a number standpoint, you could really do make that argument if you start looking at the stats. But the offensive line is just so bad. I think it's deeper than Jason Garrett. And I think is the other point. I think Jason Garrett being firing, I think people think, that Saquon might be all good and well, but his his trade value is definitely lower than his actual value, but I don't think his trade value is to as low to the point that you need to really go out and get him, I think is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from for sure. Um, I do think that there is a chance that wh- whoever starts calling the plays for – uh, New York on offense. I do think there's a chance that, I mean, if you're going to fix an offense, you might try getting the ball in the hands of the best players more. And I don't, and that giants have not been getting the ball in the hands of Saquon Barkley often, largely due to his injury problems. But if he is truly healthy, uh, maybe not hundred percent, but most of himself, uh, if they get the ball in his hands more, he might really be a lot more effective. We have seen him be quite effective earlier in this season. He has a pair of 20 plus point games back to back. So we can't, we have seen he, that he can do it even with Jason Garrett. So if you think that nothing's going to change, change from Jason Garrett, I mean, we've still seen him do it. 
so I definitely could see him getting back to that running back one uh, status, but it's going to be much less consistent. There's going to be games where he gets shut down. Uh, that's just because the offense, like you said, is not as good. Um, so even if he does start having that higher upside, it's not going to be the same upside that he had when he was at his height. And there's going to be times where he lets you down probably. Uh, but I could really see Saquon Barkley being a really valuable piece um, for the playoffs. And I, I think he's going to be likely a running back one the remainder of the year, um, probably starting this next game. And Philadelphia is actually a bottom half of the league team in points given up uh, to running backs in fantasy. So it's not the most concerning matchup either. Um, and if you're trying to fix the offense, I think just the, the best thing you could possibly do is get the ball to Saquon more. I mean, he had, he had 12, 12, 12 touches last game. So uh, I think you can do better than that. So definitely think his production uh, could go up and hopefully will go up. Uh, but on the other side of the ball there in Philadelphia, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's a great play. Um, Devonta Smith is another great play. Uh, the wide receiver there, the rookie, he's been awesome for you these last few weeks. Um, and, and then uh, Dallas Goddard just got paid. So definitely want to p- uh, play him as well. But Gabby, is there anybody else? Um, I guess the, the running backs uh, specifically, I think, would be the question in Philadelphia. But is there anything, anybody else uh, that you would be wanting to play or anything you wanted to add about the Eagles offense? No, I, I think Jalen Hurts has been – model consistency and I think he has a true chance of being quarterback one now that he's showcasing that he's a real quarterback and if you look at his matchup here at the end of the season um he it's not looking all that tough honestly I see Philadelphia if I were to if I were a betting man and I am but I would bet the Philadelphia makes the playoffs if you look at their schedule yeah it's um, such cheese oh my gosh it's really cheese and the the one team that might give them trouble is week 18 versus Dallas. And by that time, it looks like Dallas could have the division locked up and Dak and Zeke are going to be sitting in sweatpants by that time. I actually know by, by a fact, if the division is locked up, that Dak is going to be sitting given the, his injury history and how much money they've given him and how cautious they've been with him throughout the season. That if they don't have anything to play for, and there's a good chance that they won't given the fact that they – have lost to Tampa Bay, so they don't have the tiebreaker, at least there. I would I would think Jalen Hurts has a really good chance of being the quarterback one for the rest of the season. No, I I I definitely don't think that it, that's out of the the realm of possibilities for sure. I think he definitely will be a quarterback one. I don't know about the one, but the quarterback um, two right now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, just the, the quarterback one is just a really lofty uh, place. And I, like I said, not out of the realm of possibilities, that's for sure. Um, I just don't know if I bet on that necessarily, but you could definitely see it happening, especially with how bad their uh, schedule is moving forward. And they've been getting Jalen Hurts more involved in the running game. And that's, of course, um, even better for him for fantasy. So I, you could see it happening. Wait, um, wait, sorry. I, let me, I'm mistaken right now. He is the quarterback one right now. Okay, I still still believe uh, – still would stay, stay true to what I have said pre- previously. Uh, part of the reason he's the quarterback one is he's got a whole extra week. Um, they haven't had a bye. So he does have a whole extra week on a lot of players. But 
Um, yeah, regardless, he's still a really good, uh, really excellent, excellent player. And I do, do think he's going to be a quarterback one. I just don't know if he'll be the quarterback one at the end of the year. I think that would be, um, that'd be very surprising to me. I, I just think the rushing upside is there. He has eight rushing touchdowns already for the year. And I don't think there's a quarterback this year. Yes, Lamar has obviously been producing with his legs, but Lamar's just not has been getting in the end zone with the rushing as much. And we all know the rushing and passing touchdowns are weighted a little bit differently. And Kyle Murray hasn't been playing, hasn't been doing anything with his legs. So I I want to I want to make some sort of I want to say it on the pod right now. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback one at the end of the season. I I'm pretty pretty confident in that statement given the fact that if you look at the top five lists nobody else has the running rushing upside of him josh allen patrick mahomes have been shaky the and tom brady have all been shaky yes jalen hurts has an extra game above them but his matchups are only getting easier tom brady's are getting easier as well but josh allen and patrick mahomes still have dud performances on their on their calendars here matching up Josh Allen still has to go to New England still has to go to Tampa Bay hasn't played New England at all actually so he has a home and home home and away at New England and Patrick Mahomes schedule is the hardest schedule in the NFL he still has to play Pittsburgh he has to go to LA Chargers are a bad passing offense in general so yes I understand where you're coming from bets are there's a lot of options out there but I think Jalen Hurts as the number one quarterback to stay as the number one quarterback, I think is a really good bet right now. No, I mean, I don't think that's a terrible bet at all. I don't, I mean, I think we're nitpicking. Um, I think obviously we both would agree that he's going to be really good. I just think that, I mean, if you are making, if we're, if I was a betting man, um, Jalen Hurts versus the field, the odds are, obviously greatly stacked towards the field. Um, I just think that the reason I'm picking the field is just because there are so many quarterbacks who are going into the end of the season uh, with records that are not, that are not, they're not going to be locked into necessary into unnecessarily into play into specific playoff seeds. I think there's going to be a lot of competitiveness at the end of the season. Um, I mean, in the NFC in particular, there's, there's just a ton of, uh, in both in both divisions, there's just a ton of uh, it's just really close, and so I don't expect anybody to have pulled away really by then. And if so, I mean, it might be one or two guys who have pulled away and aren't aren't uh, having to work as hard to uh, get points on the board and get wins, and maybe they get sat or whatever. But um, I just think there's a lot of guys who are going to have to battle hard um, to make the playoffs or get high seeds um, that are really good quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady even might have to uh, battle for his seed. And I just think that there's a likelihood that Jalen Hurts doesn't end up as the number one quarterback, but he'll be really high. So it doesn't, uh, I guess it doesn't matter too much. You're playing him every week if you have him. And uh, I guess this conversation uh, is really only important to you if you have uh, two number one quarterbacks, if you own like Tom Brady and uh, Jalen Hurts, which is actually something that could have happened because of how uh, Jalen Hurts was valued going into the season. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I think we ought to move on from that one. But is there anything that you wanted to add before we move on just in the Eagles-Giants game in general? No, 
Okay. Um, moving on to the next game, Titans Patriots. Titans were looking so good there for a little while, and then they take a tough, tough loss to the uh, to the Texans. Everybody on their team seems to be hurt except for Ryan Tannehill. Um, so just a tough, tough go for the Titans lately. Uh, Patriots, I think, will handle this game, and so I would say probably. It should be. It should honestly be a close game. I'm not super interested in any of the fantasy options in this game, to be honest. Uh, monitoring AJ Brown, and if he plays, you're playing him. Uh, but Gabby, how are you feeling about these options? I mean, Damian Harris, he's a, he's a fine play as usual. But um, is there anything in this matchup that really stands out to you? For me, I think this one, as far as fantasy goes, is pretty pretty boring. What do you think? No, I. I tend to agree with you on that standpoint that this matchup is going to be pretty boring. Um, Damian Harris has been pretty good here. I think Ramondre Stevenson is the guy that I want to talk about. He's been really coming on the scene here as of recently. Um, obviously, with Damian Harris out, he had that big game versus Cleveland, and they routed him. But even versus Atlanta, he had 75 yards total offense rushed the ball 12 times 69 yards and he looked good he looked like he was the most explosive one of the most explosive players in this offense I think it was him and Damian Harris so um outside of that though yeah this matchup's pretty boring AJ Brown's gonna get double teamed and he's gonna look like a shell of himself so if this now there if there's gonna be a time to trade for AJ Brown I think now is the time um, I wouldn't play him this week, and yes, he's gonna have a bad match. He's gonna have a bad week next week, but I would try to get ahead of it just because I, if the fantasy manager is smart enough, I think they're smart enough to realize that AJ Brown is the only option left in Tennessee and New England. That's their mo. Everybody knows New England takes away your number one option, and with. AJ Brown being the only option in Tennessee, I think it's a there's a pretty good bet that AJ Brown is going to hit the under on whatever his total is, which reminds me I'm going to hit that number whatever it is because AJ Brown is going to be shut down by Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing that makes me hesitant on that is because uh, AJ Brown is injured. There maybe there's a chance that maybe they choose to not game plan. Uh, for A.J. Brown. Maybe they think he's going to be out, but um, yeah, I would expect him to not have a good game, even if he does play, but uh, he's the kind of player you have to play anyways, just because who he is. So uh, if he does play, I'm playing him. Um, but yeah, I agree. Definitely a trade for candidate, um, especially if you're pretty feeling good about your playoff chances and you're looking for a boost going into the playoffs. Uh, A.J. Brown's one of the best receivers in the league and um if if that Titan if that Titans offense can get back on track, he can be he can be great. Uh, so moving on to our next matchup, Falcons Jaguars, kind of another uh, blah matchup to be honest. Um, we've talked about Kyle Pitts will be likely a lot better uh, for you if Cordell Patterson does play. Um, but either way, you're playing Kyle Pitts if you have him. I mean, he just has such high upside. He could totally dud for you, but. Um, that upside at the tight end position is uh, almost unmatched, to be honest. So definitely playing him. Uh, other than that, though, staying away from all the Falcons. And on the Jaguars side, James Robinson is just a stud for you. Dan Arnold is a, probably just outside the top 10 for tight, in tight ends for me this week. Um, but he's really close up there. If, 
and he's not the worst streaming option for sure, especially against a porous Atlanta defense. Um, but yeah, I am playing Cordero Patterson. Uh, if he's back and I'm playing Kyle Pitts and I'm playing James Robinson and the rest of that matchup honestly doesn't matter to me, but Gabby, I'm curious. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, that matchup is definitely going to be what people describe as a corner TV game. Um, <laughs> that people yeah we're not really gonna watch I, I would echo what you were saying there with the James Robinson obviously we're gonna be playing him um he's been pr- pretty obviously been pretty good and there was definitely some trepidation going into the season with him but I think he's and at the can- beginning of the season he was bad but yeah, sorry you were gonna say he's picked it up yeah that he's definitely picked it up here and that he's shown that He's worth his value. I think there's a good chance that Jacksonville wins this game. The line is set to a good healthy total of Jags plus two at home versus Atlanta. I tend to lean on the Jags on that front just because Atlanta is not that good of a team. The Jags are an ugly bet. I know this is a fantasy, but it's an ugly has been an ugly bet this year, and nobody likes betting on bad teams. But Jacksonville is an interesting team, and if with that mindset of I think I'm going to win, I think James Robinson's going to have a big game because I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty consistently. With the injury to Jamal Agnew, I do think Chanel has a chance to be go back to his role of the gadget guy and being fantasy relevant or have the flashes that he showed earlier in the season. But outside of those guys, Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, that's it. And Cordell Patterson, obviously, if he's healthy. I'm not looking or even trying to play the other guys. I'm not considering it in any format. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Moving on to our next matchup, Buccaneers, Colts, and Gabby, you already know. I'm going to let you take us through this one as our residence Colts fan. Uh, so, Gabby, Colts, Bucks, what do we need to know here? Versus Colts versus Bucks, you know, Colts coming off a dominant performance versus those dominant, lowly, dominant performance versus those lowly Bills. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to take a second to just go back into the week, kind of lay the picture out there. A Colts going back into Buffalo last time they were there had been beaten pretty sadly in the wild card playoff, but, you know, put that behind us, put that in the furnace as coal, lit a fuel under us, went into Buffalo, and we ran that damn ball, RTDB, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor obviously had the day, he was the storyline, but the Colts as a whole were just so dominant, and we're able to showcase that. The defense is for real, and they're, they're here to stay. But this week is might be a little bit different. I just wanted to add in that little note that the Bills, I mean, when they it looks like this year, last note, when they play a real team or a team that looks like they might be physical, it does look like the Bills haven't really been all that good. So it's interesting to see if they're going to be able to come out of the first round this year. My bet is no. I, they are going. They are my upset this year. I, I don't think they've actually proven outside of Kansas City that they can beat anybody, but Going back into fantasy football, um, I think the Colts 
versus the Bills is going to be uh, versus the Bucks. I'm mistaken. Uh, it'd be an interesting matchup because it's going to be indoors, or there's not going to be much weather, and with the running game, Tampa Bay has one of the best run defenses in the league. Vita Bay is very close to being back, and I think he's going to play a big role. And if Jonathan Taylor is going to be dominant or not, obviously you're playing him, and he's going to he's going to be fine for you, but. Tampa Bay has a really good defense, so I obviously don't see him going for 53 again, but <laughs> I don't see him going for – I don't see him having a huge game this – or a, a week-winning game. Obviously not to, like, the extremes of last week, but even, like, a 25-point game. I, I just don't see that this week with this strong of a defense. Uh, Michael Pittman, on the other hand, I think he's a strong play. I think the Colts are going to be – Competitive, if not down in this game, so they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. They're going to ask Carson Wentz to do a couple of things that we don't want him to do as Colts fans, which is push the ball. We really like him to be in that 20 to 30 passing range, and I think he's going to be more in the 30 to 35. And when we push him outside of that range, that's when we give him a little bit of opportunities to make mistakes and where we really can hurt ourselves there. And if we're able to hurt ourselves there, the Tom Brady is going to capitalize, so... You're obviously playing all the Tampa Bay offense with guys. You're not playing any defense this week versus a pretty strong Tampa Bay offense. Obviously, Indy's defense was pretty good for you last week, but we're not going to bet on that twice. So, <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, um, I think Carson Wentz is an interesting streaming option this week given the matchup versus Tampa Bay. Their defensive secondary is still banged up a little bit, and they're going to have to pass the ball. But outside of those guys, and that um, that analysis, I think the Colts Bucks is pretty straightforward. I do think Chris Godwin is an interesting trade for candidate right now. Yes, he's performed pretty well. I think even at value, I would go grab him. Um, or I would just honestly, in general, I think looking at Tampa Bay's schedule, I, this is something I've been trying to do in most of my leagues because I failed to do it in the beginning of the year, is try to get some exposure to the Tampa Bay offense in any way, even if that's Antonio Brown, even a guy like that who's hurt. He might even be a better target just because he's been hurt and his value is going to be a little bit depreciated. But we saw in the the games that he played that he was arguably the number one target in the offense. Tom Brady looked from in the short immediate routes, and Antonio Brown is most likely most of the time getting the third best cornerback on the matchup and Antonio Brown is going to cook the third best cornerback on your team nine out of 10 times. So I think he's an interesting trade for target right now, but it's scary with that ankle injury because they haven't been giving you many updates and we thought he was going to be back a couple of weeks ago and he just hasn't. So whenever that's the case, that's when you start to get a little wary of the injury. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I have to disagree with you on the trade for, uh, target for Chris Godwin. While I do think Chris Godwin is the best Bucks option to have, I'm not trading for any Bucks options, and that's just because if Antonio Brown does come back soon, I just think there's a chance that somebody in that offense doesn't have a good week every every week. There's going to be one person, um, and and while they'll all finish, uh, well, they'll all finish as at really high up in fantasy. I mean, not Antonio Brown because he's missed so much time but they'll all finish really well for fantasy and especially in terms of like average points a game, but they'll have games that are duds for you. And if I'm, if I'm looking for guys that I'm targeting in the playoffs, I 
I'm not looking necessarily for guys that are going to concern me that they're going to have duds. Chris Godwin's probably the best option, like I said there, but he still has that potential to be the third or fourth most targeted player in that offense on any given week. Well, it's unlikely. It still has uh, – unlikely it'll be fourth, but it's not – it's not even remotely out of the realm of possibility for him to be third. Um, and that's just is a little bit concerning to me. And, and at, at his cost, where I think he's valued after having a very good season so far, um, I just have a hard time thinking that you're going to get the value that's really going to make it worth it for you. Um, and I, I would be looking elsewhere as far as trade four candidates. Not the worst guy to add. I mean, the offense is great, and he has been good. I'm just concerned about when Antonio Brown does come back, the potential for having dud weeks going into the playoffs where you cannot afford dud weeks. Um, I'd probably be looking elsewhere. I think you can do better. I'd rather go out and get a guy uh, like A.J. Brown for cheaper, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess – guess it just depends on how you feel about that Bucks offense and Chris Godwin in his uh, role with the Buccaneers. Um, I, like I said, I think he's the best receiving option to have there. Um, but the, as far as the rest of the matchup, uh, Gronk is a great, great option at tight end this week. I mean, of course, if you've held him this whole time, uh, you're ecstatic that he's starting to get involved. The Colts are the, the sixth, uh, get, give up the sixth most points to tight ends on a weekly basis in fantasy. So Again, just another reason why Gronk will be great. Um, I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor, of course. I mean, he's you got to start him. Uh, Michael Pittman, though, like you said, I do think is a great, great start this week. Tampa Bay still has some holes in their secondary. And while they just have a lot of good depth pieces, a lot of really just solid players that are filling in for them, they can still be got, and they're not going to be um, as easily taken advantage of in the run game. And that just spells good things for Michael Pittman. So uh, totally agree. Great play this week. Um, and, and he's just been really good for most of the season anyways. So uh, Leonard Fournette, another really solid play. I think Leonard Fournette's a weekly play at this point, if you are, don't already know and you're an owner of him. Uh, but yeah, just want to mention him as another solid play. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, though. Uh, two teams that are in contention for worst team in the NFL, but Jets versus Texans. Texans, who are, of course, coming off a, a huge win for them against the Titans. Um, Zach Wilson's going to be back. And uh, we mentioned Michael Carter will be out in the running back situation there in New York. Uh, so we won't need to cover that again. We've talked a lot about the wide receivers there. So really just comes down to the Texans, who this week released Philip Lindsay. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm slightly, slightly interested in David Johnson in desperate situations just because I think he's the most talented running back that's remaining on their roster. Um, but they gave like 18 carries to Rex Burkhead last week. So uh, definitely not an offense that I'd be really investing in. But uh, David Johnson kind of falls into that tier that we were talking about earlier of, uh, I mean, the Ravens are obviously the number one group uh, when talking about these kind of guys. But uh, David Johnson also kind of falls into that tier of guys that if you were looking for a desperation running back too, He's kind of an interesting option, uh, but uh, not a guy I'm necessarily moving anybody to add. Um, but yeah, other than him, Brandon Cooks is a great option, especially this week. Tyrod Taylor's looked really good um, coming into coming back off injury and uh, has been utilizing Brandon Cooks really well. And uh, against the Jets, I mean, if you're not going to start him this week, when are you going to start him? So uh, definitely starting Brandon Cooks. If I, if I have him, 
Um, but yeah, Gabby, just anything else you wanted to add about this matchup? No, this is going to be a pretty, the other corner is going to have this game in it. So uh, I, I wouldn't really look at anything here. Brandon Cooks is, and Tyrod Taylor has been pretty good as of recently. I would look to play him, but outside of those two guys, Tyrod Taylor is going to be a streaming option and Brandon Cooks has a low high-end wide receiver three. But outside of those guys, I'm not looking to play anybody in this matchup. Maybe Corey Davis on the other side, but analyze it more just because he's been so hot. But no. Okay. Uh, moving on to our next matchup. We got the Chargers playing the Broncos, the first of our afternoon slated games. Um, and I think the first thing that I just want to highlight is uh, Noah Fant. He's my tight end, best of the rest, start of the week this week. Kind of a guy who's kind of fallen down the rankings a little bit, but uh, he's he's averaging 10.9 PPR fantasy points a week. And for tight ends, that's that's basically what you're looking for is a guy who can get you 10 on a weekly basis with some upside. That's Noah Fant exactly. Um, he's only busted three out of the nine weeks he's played, which for tight ends is not bad at all. And uh, the Chargers allow the second most points to fantasy tight ends uh, per game. So, um, yeah, definitely starting up Noah Fant this week against the Chargers. Um, but other than that, you're playing uh, none of the Broncos wide receivers if you can avoid it. Uh, the Broncos have only served to confuse me a little bit by paying both uh, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Kind of thought one of those guys would leave in the offseason, uh, but both got good deals and are going to be around for the, for the future. So, um, yeah, that, that offense has a lot of good players, and it's unclear where the ball is going to go. Um, Noah Fant shouldn't get enough to make him relevant for tight end, like I said, especially against the Chargers. But for the receivers, I'm avoiding it. Jerry Judy is the best option um, if you need to play one. On the Chargers side, you're starting Keenan Allen, and you're starting Mike Williams, and you're starting uh, Austin Eckler, and you're probably starting Herbert as well. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Do you know who to start on the Chargers, I think? Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you just, I think people know who to start on the Chargers. But Gabby, is there anything uh, that you wanted to add there? No. Okay. Um, moving on to the Vikings and 49ers. This game, like I mentioned, already has my, my running back start of the week in Elijah Mitchell and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. would be the pivot if, uh, if Mitchell can't go coming back from that surgery. But Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he's an interesting deeper league streamer uh he's been really good these last few weeks like you mentioned earlier gabby and uh just a guy to, to highlight there but um we've talked about brandon Ayuk and debo samuel has been being used um in a very very significant fashion with elijah mitchell being out he's been getting a lot more carries it'll be interesting to see if that continues i think it might just because of how effective debo samuel's been um and i mean and in terms of it continuing with Elijah Mitchell coming back. So I do expect him to still be utilized in unique ways, like getting carries. Um, so, and I mean, he was before, but to continue to be utilized at a little bit of a higher rate uh, getting carries. So uh, that'll be interesting for Debo Samuel, but Debo Samuel is one of the best receivers in the NFL, real life and fantasy. So uh, you were starting him anyways, George Kittle's great, of course. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, I think, I think that's the, 49ers uh, side of the ball. And on the Vikings, you're starting the two receivers, Thielen, Jefferson. Jefferson was awesome last week. Uh, Thielen, Jefferson, 
and then you're going to start Dalvin Cook. And I think that's it for that that offense as well. So uh, one of the more straightforward matchups of the week. Uh, we've had a few of those, though. Uh, moving on to our next game, though, Rams-Packers. Gabby, this one's pr- pretty juicy. Um, I'm just going to let you start with it. What, it. what about this game stands out to you? First thing that stands out to me right now is that I think it's going to be a pretty offensive laden matchup. The over-under is only set at 47, uh, which isn't really that high. It's not even the highest one on the slate. The highest one on the slate is 51 and a half from Cowboys Raiders. So Vegas doesn't see this line all that high as many points as the Raiders Cowboys game. But the the, the Rams-Packers game is going to be very interesting from an NFL standpoint. From a fantasy standpoint, I think there's a lot of – it's a lot clearer. We know who we're going to play. We're going to play A.J. Dillon. We're going to play Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to play Devontae Adams. Questions then really stem from is Alan Lazar is going to be healthy. If Alan Lazard is healthy, then I'm not really playing any Green Bay wide receivers outside of the – Devontae, but if he's not healthy, MBS really does become a dart throw question just be, because last week he was able to really showcase his big playability. And it that's the type of performer that you really want to see, especially coming down the stretch here in the playoffs, you making the push. And he might be the type of guy that really pushes you over the edge and might win you that matchup that can squeak you in here to the playoffs. So MBS is a, is a sneaky flex play. And I, I really like him. He's interesting this week for sure. On the other side of the football, I think it's really straightforward. I don't think there's any questions. I think right now Odell is a flex option with a wide receiver two upside. And you're obviously playing Cup, Henderson, and Stafford. Higby is a low-end tight end one. Yeah, I agree with that pretty much all for the for the most part. Uh I don't, I'm not as high on MVS this week. I am. He's still. I still think he's a solid flex option if you are desperate. But uh, he's just so many times in the past has done this kind of thing where he's had a great week and then he's followed it up with nothing. Um, if if Lazard is out, like you mentioned, he'd be a lot better. Uh, you'd feel a lot better about playing MVS. You can probably play him either way as a, as a as a lower end flex option, but. Um, I'm definitely looking elsewhere. I just am, I'm concerned about his consistency um, with a good Rams defense and Aaron Rodgers dealing with some injury, although he of course was dealing with it last week and still looked great. Um, but yeah, I do have some concerns there around MVS. So I'm not necessarily as high on him as you, but uh, he's not the worst play for sure. And he's, he's in consideration for uh, desperate fantasy managers and then, yes, you already uh, you already mentioned the Rams there, and I would just say Van Jefferson is another uh, deep play option, a guy who could really do terrible for you or really pretty solid for you. So kind of a desperation wide receiver if you need one, uh, just a guy to mention there. But, uh, yeah, I think both defenses are pretty good uh, for each of these teams. And so I, I imagine that it's not going to be the highest scoring game ever. I, I think this game will be uh, competitive and fairly fairly – well scoring, but um, I wouldn't think anything super, super high. Uh, yeah, moving on to our next matchup, though. We got our Sunday night matchup. We got the Browns and the Ravens. This game, I think the Browns are going to try to just get ahead or early and try to hold the ball, try to run the ball. And I think that probably sounds like uh, 
you know, a lot easier said than done. But the Ravens, they have a knack for getting behind early in games and having to come back. They've come back in so many games this year. It's insane. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but um, I would expect Lamar Jackson maybe coming off. Uh, I mean, I know he's coming off a little bit of a limited practice this week, so maybe he starts a little slower even than, than normal. Not that Lamar Jackson has been all that slow of a starter. It's been a lot of just the team in general. Uh, but I definitely think there's a chance that the Browns get ahead uh, in this game. They're – their running game is still excellent. Um, so there's a chance that they just kind of ground and pound, get their way ahead. And then if they can do that, I could really see them um, staying in the lead. But um, as far as fantasy goes, I think that's a great thing for the Ravens offense. If the Browns do get ahead, the Ravens are going to have to pass uh, Rashad Bateman and uh, Hollywood Brown get boosts from where they previously were. And then if the Ravens are down, of course, Lamar Jackson will have to be trying to do his thing. So, um, definitely think good things for the Ravens fantasy options. Of course, Mark Andrews, um, and the Browns secondary in the past game can be totally exploited. Uh, they're not very good. So, um, even another plus for the Ravens pass catchers, um, as far as the running backs go, I, I don't expect incredible things, uh, but the Ravens are known for being one of the better run game run teams in the NFL always have been, or not always, but the last few years under, uh, Harbaugh at least have been. And uh, so I expect them to be involved still, but I don't expect huge games from the Ravens running backs or whichever one ends up being the starter that is. Um, but yeah, the pass catchers, I think will do good things. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, I think could be a player who maybe gets a big play in this game. The Ravens, they, they give up big plays quite often. So you could see a big downfield play from him. He's the Browns deep threat. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I said, it should be a running game and, um, I think the only guy you can really be super confident on the Browns starting in their offense is just Nick Chubb. And then you're really going to want to want to monitor uh, Kareem Hunt if he plays, if you're an owner of him. But um, is there anything else in that matchup, Gabby, that stands out that to you that you wanted to mention? No, I do think it's interesting that the Ravens are – Favored only at minus four. First of all, I think that's a that's a steal from a betting man myself. But from a fantasy perspective, I think it's interesting to see that Baker Mayfield is just not looking like himself. So I'm trying to stay away from most of those wide receivers if possible. Um, I'm I'm leaning into the running game. If I if I can play if I need to play the earnest, I think about it. If Kareem isn't back, obviously if Kareem is back, then I'm not playing. Either one of those guys, I'm only playing Chubb. But on the other side, I think it's pretty straightforward. I'm playing Bateman with Lamar back. I think that connection has proven itself and is only going to grow from what we've seen previously. So, And Hollywood could, in theory, be limited, potentially. you got to monitor, but continue. Yeah, so I would definitely be playing those guys. And like we touched on earlier, it's murky in the running back department in Baltimore. So if Latavius is healthy. I wouldn't play any running back if I could. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah, that's. I think that covers that one pretty well. I, I mean, Baker, I just want to say, I mean, as a Baker believer, I think a lot of his struggles come from just the amount of injury he's, he's sustained this year and is still currently dealing with. Um, so yeah, 
I don't see that getting better for the Browns uh, anytime this year. So that's unfortunate uh, for what looked like a really promising team going into this year. But uh, moving on to our next matchup, uh, the final one of the the week, uh, Seahawks playing the football team Monday night. Uh, two teams that defenses have been that have had terrible defenses. Washington have has now lost their best defensive player and Chase Young. He's out for the year. Um, yeah, I think as far as the Seahawks are concerned, um, you can hope for a get right game for their passing attack. Although Russell Wilson has not looked good these last few weeks, unfortunately. Uh, but you got to be playing DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think, anyways, um, they're just they're just too good again. Washington's defense is too bad to not be playing. Um, and then, of course, Chris Carson, he's out for the year. So, and and it looks like the guy who would generally be the backup, Alex Collins, is, is still struggling with his own injuries. So it's really unclear who the running back in Seattle is going to be this week. So not playing any of the Seattle running backs. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I already talked about the rece- the receiving options there in Seattle. Uh, I would be avoiding playing Russell Wilson as well, but I still think as a desperation play, he's far from the worst. Uh, I'd still have him probably as a, or I would for sure have him as a top 20 quarterback. So if you're playing in a two quarterback league, I'd still be firing up Russell Wilson. Of course, Um, there's a lot of negative stuff going on around him, but I still think his talent will uh, shine and win out. Um, And then on the Washington side, I think that, it's important to just remember how bad of a defense Seattle is. So Terry McLaurin should have a great game. Taylor Heineke should be a solid streaming option at quarterback. And then Antonio Gibson is a guy that after the bye week, we were worried about, he was having, he had some shin uh, shin injury that he was dealing with almost all season. It was really limiting him. But after the bye week last week, he looked recovered. Uh, we don't know for sure if he's fully recovered, but he looks healthy. Um, had, had some issues with fumbling, but it looks healthy at least, and that's a really good sign. And against a really porous Seattle defense, uh, Gibson is, of course, a great play. Uh, but, Gabby, in our final matchup, is there anything that you wanted to point out or add? With these two, guys, uh, these two teams, one thing I would like to add, I'd like to add that Logan Thomas come back from injury is something to consider. I think his tight end presence could really – do something for this Washington offense that's looking for another weapon to take some pressure away from Terry McLaurin. But outside of that, no, you're still playing those Seahawks wide receivers because they're so talented. And I think Russell Wilson's low performance is just a blip. But outside of that, no. All right. Well, that's going to conclude our matchups portion. And so we'll move on to our final segment here, just our, our usual Defensive streamers segment here, just the best defenses to stream. Uh, of course, honorable mention going out to Buffalo, as usual. Um, last week was not good, but in every previous week, they've been awesome. And this week, they're playing New Orleans, but they're they're owned in about 97% of leagues. So you cannot just go out there and get them. So honorable mention to them, play them if you have them. But if you don't, you might want to consider one of the following teams. Um, in order, starting with the best, I think Carolina versus Miami uh, is a great streaming option. Carolina is the number four fantasy defense this year so far, so been great defense for fantasy. Uh, following them, Philadelphia versus the Giants. Philadelphia is the number 10 fantasy defense this year, and we have spent a lot of time talking about how bad New York, uh, New York, uh, the Giants offensive line is. 
this year and how bad that offense is as a whole. Um, but staying in a team that's playing New York, uh, Houston is playing the Jets. And Houston has over 10 fantasy points in each of the last two weeks. And so they'll be my third best defensive streamer this week. Um, a team that you probably did not expect, but was able to get it done against Tennessee. Um, and if they can do that, I think they can get it done against the Jets. So uh, play in Houston with confidence. And then fourth, New England versus Tennessee. New England is just the number one fantasy defense. And if Houston was able to stop uh, Tennessee, I expect New England can. Uh, so playing them again as well with confidence. Uh, and then fifth and final, just Miami versus Carolina. Uh, I'm not completely sold that that offense is going to necessarily be a juggernaut. I think they'll still be good enough now with Cam Newton to get the job done and be good enough for fantasy. Um, but I don't necessarily see a ton of points coming out of there. And I could see some turnovers uh, from Cam as well. So that's going to be my top five defensive streamers this week. Um, and that's going to be the, our po a podcast for us. So again, November 24th, we're recording this on a Wednesday. We appreciate you joining us. We are thankful for anybody listening. Uh, thankful for anybody who's supporting us and uh, thankful for you, Gabby, for doing this show with me. Um, thank you for joining us again. Follow us at SG fantasy show on Twitter. We're there an hour before kickoffs on Sundays. Answer free start, sit questions, send them to us there. And uh, hope you guys all have a good Thanksgiving uh, and Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, talk to you next time. Bye.